eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into Seattle Sounders FC, nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, lots of it today, in an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty, it's MLS, no U.S. President's Cup in this episode. We are your hosts from Mornings on 107.7 The I'm Gregor, and he's been all over the place, the locker room, the pitch, getting yelled at in the stats booth at CenturyLink Field. He is Brandon from the internet. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's it's the morning. Yeah, we're recording at a different time, not that anyone knows because it's internet time, but it is morning where both of us are at right now. Uh, yeah, it's great. I actually really enjoy it. I have a new podcasting setup, uh, and so that's wonderful. I have a full-on desk, not that anybody really knows, but I was recording on like my wife's makeup table to uh, for the last um, forever since... Uh, I haven't been at the station. Yeah. Um, and, and now I'm recording a podcast with a beautiful desk uh, that sucks from Target and um, <laughs> a awesome dog. Yeah, it smells like, it smells like dog so farts in your studio. That's weird. Oh, it's not just my studio. It's my entire house. My dog uh, is very nervous uh, from what I can tell and, and from what I've read on the internet, which is basically the WebMD for dogs, um, <laughs> is that nervousness makes dogs fart. And so if that is true, then my dog must be the most nervous creature on the face of the planet. Question for the fans of Full 90 Extra Time on Twitter. Follow us at Full 90 Extra Time and tell us who you think the fartiest ever sounder player was. And then maybe that'll help Brandon name his dog. That's got to be Marcus Hanneman, right? That, that guy drinks so much beer. I feel like it's got to be Marcus Hanneman. IPA on the sideline, farts in the locker room. So, <laughs> how do you think he kept the attacking players away from his goal? <laughs> I mean, it's like it, I think it's a seriously good tactic, just dropping ass everywhere. I, I, it's got <laughs> a, a. It has to happen, and B. Gross. <laughs> that yeah. would be terrible. So. All right, well, do us a quick solid and leave us a comment. Tell us who you think the fartiest Sounders FC player of all time would be. You can give us a rating, too, if you'd like. Um, definitely five stars. Nailed it. <laughs> definitely, it's definitely been a while. You can tell us who your favorite ever player is, too, if you'd like Casey Keller to Stephen Fry. That's a tough one. That's a tough battle right there. This week, the stick with a bandana full of their stuff, Sounders FC, take on the We Actually Play in Frisco, Texas, FC Dallas, in a battle for the Breck Shea Memorial Cup. He's not dead. He's just... Just dead to us. 
Uh, I haven't read that. That's funny. <laughs> now, Brandon, I'd like to start by something very specifically not soccer related. I made a trip to the Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle here over the weekend, and uh, boy, giraffes are a thing. Uh, yeah, I've I've heard of that. I've yeah. heard of those. I've, there's a book that we read to Space Baby, my toddler. It's called Giraffes Can't Dance. Turns out they can. It is awesome. <laughs> so we went to the zoo so he could see a uh, a real life giraffe up close. He loved it. That was great. Uh, the the cats at the zoo are really like sad. Like the leopard just like pacing around looking for small children to eat, but it can't because of the glass. That's a real sad thing. But the giraffes have a little bit more space and. It, they're amazing. They can eat all the children that they want. Yeah, exactly. There are plenty of children. If you cover your that's child... Why they don't, that's why they don't have giraffes at Children's Mercy Park. <laughs> Show no mercy, dumb giraffes. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> it's amazing. So we go there, and it turns out the giraffes have like really crazy long tongues, right? And uh-huh. one was eating the leaves off of a thing right in front of us. This giraffe's name is Dave. Normally they give the giraffes like a... Like African names, like Tufani is another one of them, but nope, good old Dave comes sauntering <laughs> over. and Dude, his tongue is crazy. A giraffe, the tongue of a giraffe is like the size of like a pretty good sized bong. It's like 18 to 20 inches, okay? And they're a real dark color, like a purple or a black color, and it's because they have their tongues outside of their faces so much that they would get sunburns otherwise. Oh my God. Yeah, so they have to have like dark pigmentation to help prevent what? that. Yeah, it's crazy. Why um, is their tongue outside of their face so much? I, I, uh, they have to eat leaves, so it's so long that it wraps around a branch, right, and then Jeez, it pulls dude. the leaves off towards their mouths. The problem <laughs> is, is that their favorite type of leaf that they eat is on a plant that has tons of thorns, so it has to be really extra tough as well because you don't want to get thorns in your tongue because that would be ridiculous, right? So they can also use their tongues. They're extremely long. They can stick them down into female giraffe pee to determine if it's humping time or not. <laughs> okay. So, so that's, yeah, that's not how you do it. That's not how I do it. I do have a child, though, so I feel like something worked out right. <laughs> you were able to figure it out. Accidental. That's good. Uh, also, giraffes sleep a maximum of two hours a day. I had no idea. BuzzFeed is really teaching me a lot this week. Yeah. I feel like um, all of the stuff that you've just taught me about giraffes made me just realize how complicated evolution is in order for giraffes to exist. <laughs> like, like they said, here, that's the food that you want, so evolution needs to make your neck real, real long. Okay, but the food's surrounded by you know thorns, and so we need to make your tongue real, real long, too. Um, oh, now that the, the tongue is long, oh, shit, it's getting sunburned. Uh, we need to make it black and tough now. And, and so now that's the thing. And, and all the while, there's like zebras and antelopes and shit who are, are like, yo, you could have just made it a horse and he would have been fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You see giraffes fighting and they have that big like mace ball on the end of their long neck. Uh, a, final, a final note about giraffes. Uh, this is point number 10 from BuzzFeed. You can read the rest of them if you'd like. But uh, it's extremely common for male giraffes to have sex with each other. Like, extremely common. As in, 50% of all male giraffes have no problem sexing up other male giraffes. So, I'd like to kick off the, whatever they're calling it, soccer for all pro- the campaign that MLS has going on right now. To say that giraffes way ahead of the curve, MLS. Soccer for giraffes. Anyway, uh, welcome to another episode of Soccer Talk about giraffes. Also, <laughs> huge congrats go out to Asanayama, who won the May Basho, the, the sumo tournament. He's like Not a, a giraffe. He's like a low-level guy. Like, imagine if Colorado Rapids won MLS Cup this year. Everyone would be like, well, good for you. 
Uh, you, oh, you guys deserve. Oh, good. Uh, deserve. I don't know, but like, wow, great job. We're really like, you know, we don't want to lose, but if you're gonna lose, it should be to a low level team. We, like, were, we were starting to like feel bad about it, so yeah. you know, we're we're pretty happy that you got here at some point. Really, it's embarrassing for you, but so congratulations to Asano Yama. He is the champion. It was odd to see like there's like this one bubble of my life where you never see anything. Like in Portland, everyone's mad because you can't have the the trident that represents not being racist and no, no, it's free. They're all mad about that, right? I get that and everything. I turn on sumo to escape it all, and there's the freaking president of the United States of America handing out the U.S. No. President's Cup, and I was like, no, I don't want any controversy in my sumo. Get out of here. Oh my God. So. Sumo was the last unsullied sport. Yeah, I felt like now we've got the Curiosity Rover on Mars. Here we are with sumo being my one unexplored exactly. land. Except you also told me that um, at the beginning or end of every uh, bout, I don't know what you call it, every fight, that they're handed stacks of cash that the sponsors on the spot just devoted to those people. So I think that when I say it's the last unsullied sport, it's been a while since sumo has been sullied. Massive controversy surrounds the sumo world brand, and trust me, it is it is nuts. But it is not sullied by American politics. <laughs> that is the one thing <laughs> until now. So until now. <laughs> also, to be clear, it's at the end of the at the beginning of the match they come out, and that's like uh, effectively raising the stakes. Like the sponsors are like, "Oh, we'll put money on. We'll give money to whoever wins this bout." You're just they- really fat cards in texas hold them <laughs> and then at the end of it after the river or the flop or whatever then <laughs> <laughs> well it, it's definitely a flop <laughs> man you should have seen there was some like huge like uh, uh interference by refs in one of these things they, uh, like they have their own var system that totally failed them too it's like pro runs the refing system for sumo culture as well but uh, enough about that. I'm sure people want to hear much more about Sumo, but we should move on because of a. You need limit. a whole separate podcast at this point. I can't wait. I've, I've been talking to my buddy Jake about doing one. Let me know. Would you listen to a Sumo podcast for 15 days, maybe 16 every two months? Would that be something? Maybe short 10 minute, five minute things? Hit me up. Let me know. That'd be that'd be great. All right. So Sorry. we're looking at a Sounders match that took place over the weekend. A huge 3 2 loss against a team that looked like they. We, I mean, we were like sympathetic towards them last week, <laughs> and here we are watching a big lose big big lose a big, big loss <laughs> the bit the big lose sounders uh <laughs> lose to a team with only like effectively one good player and then that human snowball croise like this should not have been the same challenge based on how beat up they are no i mean we talked specifically about johnny russell last week and um how with their I mean, not just like we, we, you hear depleted roster, you think a few guys might be out. They had 10 players plus a dude with a red card, like their best player supposedly out with a red card. So the Sounders should have come in here and, um, yeah, it's an away game and it's their second away game in as many games, but they should have come in to Children's Mercy Park and just been fine. You know, they're pretty strong lineup. Um, almost everybody's back in. It, I don't know. It ended up being one of the most frustrating games of uh, soccer I've ever seen the Sounders play because the entire first half, it just felt like Kansas City was more aggressive and not just in the fact that they were playing attacking soccer, but that most of them were just being able to push players off the ball. And I know Handwall Buana only weighs about 75 pounds soaking wet, <laughs> but the dude has to pull his position a little bit more. And it wasn't just him. It was Kim Kihi. That first goal, Kim Kihi just got bossed and turned around by what I think it was Croize that did that. Like up and down the pitch, it just felt like the Sounders were getting just pushed left and right. And I mean, outside of like 
Benny Fellhaber, who sucks and was a D-bag basically <laughs> the entire game, I felt that everything that Kansas City, they played a pretty clean game. And I, I think a lot of people on Twitter would maybe disagree based on what I was able to read as I was in Leavenworth trying not to get killed by my wife on my anniversary weekend. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. The Sounder is super frustrating in the first half. Yeah, they come back and score two goals. They looked a lot better in the second half. They kind of had Kansas City pinned back. They weren't able to to take anything out of that. But I don't know that it was a really hard game for me to watch. I said I found myself like moving from the bed where we were taking a nap to the couch in the, in the hotel room and just like getting super pissed at the at my computer at my phone as I was watching it, um, it, which was not very relaxing as I was like getting ready to go sit in a sauna in a hotel. Well, here's the interesting point that you make, too. It's like we went from having four healthy center backs to one healthy center back and a pineapple who played <laughs> A majority of the match at forward. I don't. It's, it's and almost got a goal. I mean, I mean, to be fair, he, he it would have been like the sloppiest of slop goals I've ever seen. But that pineapple almost scored a goal for us. Okay, well that brings us to the most important player for Seattle. It's the Golden Clog Man of the Match. <laughs> uh, your Golden Clog Man of the Match is the Golden Clog leader, Kelvin Leardom. Golden Clog. It's like a shoe, but made of wood and gold. <laughs> He he had a a really fantastic second half uh, from the moves that he was making on the field to the hammer of a goal that I assume he scored because, well, we'll get to that. Nobody knows about. All right. So let's talk about who's hot, who's garbage, and who is hot garbage. We'll start with hot. 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 How about that Kelvin Leardham spin move? Hot. Oh, my God, dude. He. He really showed. Uh, he he did what that one guy, what Croizet did to Kim Ki Hee, only in reverse. Uh, I don't understand the physics behind that. It was almost like a breakdance move, like they were breakdance fighting or something. I can't figure it out. I went back and watched it probably four or five times um, today, uh, right before we potted. And every single time I watched it, I like noticed a different aspect of how it, it was so good in the fact that. Kelvin Leardham has had a couple seasons with the Sounders where he's not shown necessarily. I mean, he's good, but he hasn't shown that kind of skill. I assume that his first touch was on accident, and then the way that he followed up with it just made it look beautiful. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt, as he is the leading scorer in the Golden Clog race, uh, that he did it on purpose, and damn, it was beautiful. Yeah, so that Kelvin Leardham goal also hot. Hot. How about the debut of Javier Arriaga in the 38th minute, which was pretty hot. Hot. Yeah, that was, I mean, hot that Javier Arriaga in his first match suited up in the 18 uh, makes a debut. Uh, garbage. Garbage. That it happens in the 38th minute because Kim Ki-hee goes down with a Kim knee knee injury and <laughs> garbage. Has, to, has to go out. And so all of a sudden we've lost Chad Marshall to retirement and Kim Ki-hee to a Kim bad knee and I'm still workshopping all these. <laughs> Keep at it. <laughs> and and so Ariaga makes his debut, which is is great. Yeah, you know, two goals happen while he's on the pitch, but for the most part, for his first match with the team, I'd say that he covered a lot of ground. He helped the, the team in possession. I think he's going to be an insanely great addition to the team for. I mean, I don't know however long his count his contract is for. Moving on to garbage. Garbage allowing a Johnny Russell hat trick. Garbage. Yeah, that was garbage. We we talked last week about how Johnny Russell is a good player. He's good on the ball. He can dribble. He can shoot. And he's basically being the only player on Kansas City who's still breathing. Was probably the only threat that the Sounders could have faced this week. And yes, he had a good game. He scored three three goals. But I think, in my personal opinion, 
the Sounders made him look a lot better than he actually is because it was simple mistakes. It was players going to ground too early. It was people not being strong enough on the ball, not stepping when he's dribbling through the box to a clean look on goal. I mean, simple, simple things that, as I say, as I'm sitting behind a computer, uh, not being a professional soccer player, barely able to run for 90 minutes straight, uh, simple things that you would expect these guys to be able to, to deal with, especially against a, I, I don't know, a team that half of it's in the infirmary. They're all on their own back to tanks, <laughs> getting <laughs> getting healed after an excursion into the wintry world of Hoth. Uh, okay, so I'm going to say garbage. Roman Torres playing forward despite having literally no goals in five seasons as a sounder. Garbage. Yeah, I was really hoping he'd get one. I was actually more hoping that Ariaga would get a goal off of a set piece. But, I mean, Roman Torres, I mean, he came so, so close. He he took a vol- if he If it had gone in, it would have been amazing. But instead it was saved. But it still almost went in because the goalkeeper for Kansas City, Tim Malia, dropped it and it like snuck through his legs somehow and and almost trickled across the line, which would have been the best way for Roman Torres to get a, a debut goal. Garbage international call-ups. Garbage. This is going to be rough over the next few weeks as the Sounders are losing. Could They could lose up to 11 players uh, over the next two weeks. Um, Ariaga getting called up to Ecuador, Rui Diaz, uh, Nico Ladero, Christian Roldan, or if you're the FC Dallas website, Alex Roldan. Um, <laughs> Brad Smith has been called up to Australia, which is great. He's getting his first call up in a while. Gustav Svensson gets called up into Sweden, which is awesome. And, you know, really great that he's, you know, had a kind of a resurgence for his international career. But it's going to really be hard for the Sounders, who are already pretty thin at center back depth, to be losing a lot of players and and not just thin at center back depth. I mean, if we're being honest, they're thin pretty much everywhere on the roster right now. So except for left back, apparently. <laughs> also, Brad Smith is evidently Australian. I did not know that. I thought he was British. So here here we are. Okay, so I guess that brings us to then the very controversial hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage, which I would have to agree with. I thought I was not paying attention, but hot garbage was FS1. <laughs> Hot garbage. Okay, so yeah, that brings us directly to people getting mad on the internet after anything happens at the match. It's this weekend fan outrage. So uh, I love at Sugar Toes, a uh, huge fan of Sugar Toes personally, an all caps tweet from her. Thanks for not showing our second fucking goal, FS1. You amateurs are fucking kidding me. Should I at least be glad that the camera lenses are covered in jizz from the Kansas fucking city <laughs> fest this broadcast has been? Boy, that escalated quickly, Sugar Toes. My I, God, I only read when we. I only read the first half of the tweet and just assumed the rest was going to be, you know, so on and so forth of the first half. That took an I, unexpected I, twist. I am pleasantly surprised. <laughs> uh, fake fan outrage from Sounder Two Five Three. This Fox broadcast team seems to hate the Sounders as almost as much as Casey Keller. <laughs> <laughs> We we could claim that they were being homers, even though it's a national broadcast, whatever. But then they went on to say that Chad Marshall is a defender who didn't do anything A plus, and on average is a B defender. This is this is a guy who has won the MLS Defender of the Year award four times and is considered one of the most successful and if not the best center back, uh, if not just total defender in MLS history. And if he's a B at best. 
I mean, I don't think anybody would agree with that. I don't know how you get away with saying that on a national broadcast. Can't wait for the Women's World Cup coverage where they made sure to point out they were off to. Oh, boy, that's great. <laughs> yeah, Chad Marshall, you know, people speculate that the award for Defender of the Year will be named after him. That's the, be, I mean, it'd be amazing and well-deserved. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I don't think many people would necessarily disagree. I think all of Sounders' soccer Twitter would agree, but that's fine. And then finally, in fan outrage, uh, RE Sounders FC versus SKC. What the hell happened to the team from March and April, says Ozzy's dad. Yeah, <laughs> what, what did happen? Other than injuries for a while, there was a lot of... Uh, I, I kind of actually have an answer to this, Brandon. As soon as Rui Diaz got a goal... On Sunday, they needed to immediately pass it to him 38 times to and get another one. Yeah, to fulfill the prophecy of on every 39th touch or whatever, he scores a goal. And really, you kind of see that play out while you're watching, where you're not seeing a ton of Rui Diaz getting the ball as usual, not creating a lot of opportunities for him. It probably needs to look something. They need to look at how to shape this squad around him a little bit. But the problem is that that won't. There won't be an opportunity for that now for like a freaking month because of all the international break and all of the travel and uh, all of the missing players, including him running off to play with his national team. So this is crazy. Well, and we saw how when the Sounders set up against Philadelphia a couple weeks ago in that Christmas tree formation, Rui Diaz was basically playing a ghost of himself, uh, like a force ghost of himself up at the top while everybody else was back and defending. And even he was kind of like, I know I'm not here to do anything. I'm just meant to make it look like we're trying it feels like you got a hold up guy in will bruin that could play up top there get him the ball get him to sit on it Rui diaz has an insane knack for being able to break free and find space just like uh his hero johnny russell (laughs) and damn you drop the drop the ball into him there i just i just seems like there's opportunity there to be explored to get the ball onto the feet of Rui diaz more anyway all right when we come back Uh we'll hopefully wait did you have a point I did. I did have a point. Two things. One, I wanted to say, if you want to see more fan outrage, just go to the Sounders Reddit and look at the post where the dude says that uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz is overrated. That's a fun one. Yeah. Well, and we'll, then we'll tweet that out. Yeah. And and then I wanted to say uh, we missed it in hot, hot, but I'll say hot. Welcome back to the team. Back to the 18 Gustav Svensson, who's been out for a couple of weeks with a hamstring injury. We'll see you in two months when you get back from Sweden. Garbage. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we'll take a look at this weekend's matchup against FC Frisco next or maybe now, depending on ad insertion on the full 90 extra time podcast. Saturday at 5 p.m., Seattle Sounders FC on the road again versus FC Frisco. Dallas is 7th in the West. Seattle Sounders FC still 2nd in the West. A lot of early results helping keep that. It's in Frisco, Texas. The Breckshay Memorial Cup. He's not dead, but he's dead to us. <laughs> For some reason. I don't, Where is he's in? Yeah, how did he end up in Atlanta? <laughs> also, does he have white guy dreads? Yeah, he's got white. He's got white guy dreads. I think he ended up in Atlanta via uh, like magic carpet or something like that. <laughs> Double cultural appropriation, Brechet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they, this is a team that has a lot of bad playoff blood between them over the years. Uh, Sounders knocking FC Dallas out and vice versa. Um, but I'm really curious more about the present. When we look at this squad on Saturday at five on the road. When they're at home, who do we expect to see shine? Who's the villain for this FC Frisco team? 
I'd say the villain is going to be um, their guy, Jesus Ferreira, um, him and the combination of uh, Michael Barrios. Ferreira's their leading goal scorer. He's got four goals this season. Oh, um, I thought that 4G meant that he was now almost to 5G. He's almost at the uh, highest point of communication. Four goals. No, I would say that the excellent service extends to Michael Barrios. Oh, with the five assists. I see with what you did assists. there. Yes, that's nice. <laughs> Uh, those guys have combined a lot lately. Um, and, and, you know, four goals isn't a ton for this point in the season for your leading goal scorer. But if you're going to look out for a guy, it's going to be him. Um, and then lastly, I'd say Dominic Baji, uh, he's bounced around the league a little bit. Um, but had a goal last week, uh, against Vancouver over the weekend. Um, so he could, he could come out and, uh, do some damage as well. Now, Brandon, I see a guy with four goals being their threat. Tell me what's been going on with this Frisco team, because it seems like if that's your big threat, that something's not firing right. What, how have they been in the last few matches? It's it's in the last... or Well, so basically Dallas is winless in six. Um, they lost over the weekend to Vancouver, two to one loss. Um, it's hard. It's their first new season, or it's their first season under a new coach. Their new coach is a, uh, a, a guy that is with their academy as a coach for a long time. His name is Luchi Gonzalez. Um, he's, you know, they're bringing up a lot of academy guys there, uh, which Dallas is one to do. Um, and, you know, they technically has them in a playoff spot. They're in, you know, they're in seventh place when half of the teams in the league make playoffs. So they're in the very last spot in the West. They have 18 points from 14 matches, though, which is not a lot. Um, And they've only scored 18 goals this season, conceding 19 in the same stretch. So they have a negative one goal differential Uh, just to like emphasize that right now. Uh, LAFC first in the entire league as far as supporter shield standing goes have a goal differential of 25 that means they've scored 25 more goals than they've given up yes exactly so uh, now that's like a ridiculous number for LAFC but having a minus one um, is not great you have a really good stat here the gap between first and second in the west so LAFC and Seattle is the same uh, so points right the gap between first and second is the same as second through seventh yeah, eight uh, points and, each way. So between first and second, we're eight points behind LAFC, and then from Seattle to last last playoff spot, FC Dallas is eight points as well. So it is jam packed at the top of the West, which is the better of the two divisions uh, this year. Yeah, and they're tearing. I mean, basically, you've got teams in the West tearing each other apart. LAFC running away with it. Um, Frisco sitting in you know seventh place with uh, basically. Winless in six is not great, and to still be considered in a playoff, I think that really you're looking at, you know, maybe it's the it's really the top five teams in the West this season, or maybe even the top four who who are going to pull away at some at some point. So we talked about who the villain is going to be for FC Dallas this weekend, but who do you see as being the hero on a depleted Sounders squad, specifically one that just has to come away licking their paws a bit after getting pretty badly beaten? Yeah, I think the hero is uh, Nico Ladero. He's been playing kind of out of his mind the last few matches. He's he's doing everything he can. It seems like at, at points he's single-handedly willing the team around him to to uh, just try something, to attempt to uh, to go move toward goal. It looks like he's always turning around and looking for goal, which is like that's something I love about him. Even if he's not able to, maybe the players aren't around him in order for him to really initiate a great attack. Um, he's finding a way to draw a foul, which he does all the time. <laughs> I think he's the most fouled player in the entire league. Um, 
he's finding ways to draw fouls and slow things down and get his team his teammates forward. Um, he's always looking to move forward. He's I mean he's the engine behind the team right now. I, he, the dude does not stop running. Okay, so then the motivation for the two squads heading into this match again on Saturday night, 5 p.m. in Frisco, Texas. Seattle Sounders FC cannot become the team that the teams that keep losing beat. Don't let an away run bleed away all the points. Again, just eight points separates the playoff positions in the West. It's just a couple wins and a couple losses, and suddenly the whole thing is scrambled up, and you're looking like a Portland instead. So uh, Seattle Sounders FC got at least bring home a point from these road matches before resuming their home season on June 29th. Yeah, especially when the road matches, you know, span two months. Like that's that's you can't go two months in any league uh, without some points and and expect to be near the top. Yeah, it's crazy. How about for, I mean, the opposition? How about FC Frisco? What do they got to do? I mean, the motive the motivation is always going to be win, right? But I think more than ever Dallas is going to be looking at Seattle coming off of a loss against a pretty poor uh, SKC team at the moment and. Who you were know, in the same position, who had the same exact problem. They hadn't won in forever. Right. Things were starting to turn around a little bit, but they just hadn't been able to do it. And here's a Seattle team that just got clobbered. If, if Seattle walks away from the Kansas City match thinking, uh, you know, with a, with a point or three, you know, Dallas might be looking there and, and you know, being concerned a little bit. But instead, now they've seen what SKC did. And they go, hold on you know, we can get something out of this. And so you've got a team coming in with a little bit more fire, a little bit more desire, uh, a little bit more belief that they can go and win and, and get three points out of the match. Um, the Sounders are going to need to be aware that that Dallas is going to be up for it. It's very exciting. Very exciting, Brandon. Okay, uh, where are you going to be watching the match? Uh, I'm going to, so my mother-in-law's in town this weekend and, um, I'm going to stick her and my wife with the dog and try to go watch. Uh, I live really close to the Nickerson street pub these days, and I'm going to go try to go down there and see if they're showing the game. Saturday, 5 PM is your chance to watch. I'm sure you can get someone to turn it on there. If not, well, maybe, what are you doing? I don't know. I haven't, uh, I haven't cleared this with uh, my wife who's mad at me right now. So we'll oh. see. We'll see what I end up. It could just be watching at home. Yeah, <laughs> old space baby's got to go to bed at seven, so uh, I could see that happening. But also, uh, maybe a maybe a road trip to meet up for a full ninety extra time podcast soccer viewing. That'd be a lot yeah, of Nickerson fun. Street Saloon. I don't know if I want to come all the way down. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. All right. Too long. Didn't listen. You're driving that semi truck right now off a ravine, and you wake up to this podcast. What did we? Uh, what did we TLDL this week? Here's what you missed. Too long. Didn't listen. Hashtag soccer for giraffes. <laughs> soccer for sumo as well. TLDL GTFO FS1. It's too long. Didn't listen. Man, Colorado's gonna win it all. Gonna win. Take a look into your Casey. Take a look into your Crystal Pepsi ball and tell us what do you see happening this weekend, 5 p.m. on the road in Frisco, Texas. Seattle Sounders FC taking on FC Dallas. Brandon, what do you see this match uh, ending as? In my uh, swirly ball of effervescent Pepsi product, I see. Uh, man, I think Dallas is going to really bring it. I think they're going to they're going to really want a piece of the Sounders. And there's blood in the water. I think that they might Sounders might walk away with a one-one draw. I see it differently than you, Brandon. Uh, but I grew up with Crystal Pepsi. Maybe that has some effect. I don't know. I see 273 touches from Raul Ruiz Diaz. Seven nothing Sounders. 
Okay, is that divisible by 38? Is it 38 or 9? Because just got crazy. <laughs> I think it's 38. 